The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome to it. You bet it is eight minutes after uh, seven o'clock on a Wednesday evening. Welcome into the first Wednesday of the new year, 2022. And, uh, you know, new boss, same as the old boss. We're going to discuss a lot of things on the show tonight. In fact, how things have changed for you, for all of us, for that matter, as we are into 2022 and what it means as far as your workplace rights. So much to cover. Things are changing. Some things are snowballing and uh, carrying over from 2021 for sure. But if there's any confusion, of course, you want to contact us here. Lior Samfiru, of course, uh, co-founding partners, Samfiru to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. Reaching out, simple. If you're forget right now give you the phone number to call in talk to us 416-870-6400 other than that 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website free anonymous tons of information there always updated pocket employmentlawyer.ca we'll be referring to that no doubt sometime this evening how are you pal let's get it going Hey, John. First show of the year. So mm-hmm. happy new year to all our listeners. Uh, always uh, great to be back here to start yet another year and talk about employment law. Hopefully at some point, John, this year we'll be able to do a whole show without saying the words COVID or the word pandemic. Oh. Uh, that is my goal, that we do that at some point in 2022. Yeah. So let's see how that goes. It's not going to be tonight, though. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. But I know a lot of people have questions. You know, in my office, we started the year off busier than ever. So if you have questions, issues, I know we already have calls coming in. Now's the time. Ask the question. Let's make sure you get your answer so that you know what to do. You know how to deal with the situation. So you're, you're starting off the year well. Maybe there's ultimatums that are coming due. I know they are. We'll talk about that. What to do, how to respond. Whatever your workplace issue, you have that uh, opportunity right now to ask your questions. And of course, you may not be able to get through or you may not be able to get all the information that you need now, which is why you have the other option, which is to call me in the office, to email me in the office. We'll get you that contact information throughout the show so we can have a private chat. Now, let's start, John, with the first week that was of the year. Now, uh, John, you're not going to be surprised that a lot of individuals uh, have seen their, the New Year start with the expiry of mm. vaccine ultimatums. Right. So a lot of employees prior to the holidays were told, well, you know, January 4th, January 5th, uh, if you're not vaccinated, you're out of here or you're going to be uh, put on an unpaid suspension. So I've already spoken with uh, at least a dozen people just over the last 48 hours who've had that uh, ultimatum come now. And, and in fact, because they chose ultimately not to get vaccinated, they've been uh, uh, put off work. So I wanted to chat a bit about that and remind people what this means from a legal standpoint. Now, before I even do that, I want to make it very clear from my perspective, if you're asking for, for me personally, I'll share this with you. I am very much pro-vaccine. I've been mm-hmm. vaccinated and I encourage people to be vaccinated. But the end of the day, the law decides what your rights are. I don't decide. No one really cares about my opinion. It's what the law says. And here's what the law says is ultimately, if there is no government mandate and you choose not to be vaccinated, you can't be let go without compensation. 
you can't just be put on an unpaid leave. Your employer has legal obligations for you. So for those individuals who are now uh, past that, that ultimatum, past that deadline, if in fact your employer follows through and get, uh, lets you go or puts you on an unpaid leave, you are entitled to compensation. You're entitled to severance. And if you want to get that, I can help you. We already are working with hundreds of people, uh, you know, going back a few months now who have been put in that situation. So I know those ultimatums are expiring. You have rights. The law provides those rights to you. So if you want to talk about it, if you are in that situation, pick up the phone. Either call the show right now or call me in the office. And to call the or in the office member of his team anytime we're not doing this show, you know, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But of course, as Lior said, here and now is is awesome as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Mikey, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. Good evening. What's going on? My question for you is: I, I, I've been employed with the same company for about five years. Uh, in the winter time. I usually go and, and do a different run. I'm a truck driver by trade. And on this other run, my salary never changed or anything. Now, within the last year, they've decided to change my salary and drop it down to $2 an hour. And um, what they've done is, is they've, they've changed my equipment, like took the truck I usually drive away from me, um, put me in another truck. And then it, it, it never had no break, so I took it to the garage. You know, I was un- unemployed for a week because it took them a week to repair it and, and stuff like that. Now, um, now I know, like, there's another gentleman at work there. He's had problems with his truck, and they, they, it's in the shop. And, and now they've given him the truck that I, I used to drive that I asked for back. And I'm just wondering if that would fall under constructive dismissal. So these these changes that you've described, the different tr- truck and the the change in pay, when did that happen? Uh, within a year. So at some point over like, the last twelve months. Yeah, yeah. Like at first he said that that the change in, in rate of pay was to match the other guys that did this um, that do the same run for the for um, for the same company hauling uh, chips, and mm. uh, so then they they said, well, we want to put you in line with them, but it's only temporary because of COVID. But like I said, you know, it's almost coming up to a year now that that's So, so here's the, the problem, Mike. So you're, you're absolutely right that uh, that this type of change that you've described, certainly reduction in pay and, and you know, having you uh, do different work, etc., is a constructive dismissal. But the thing is, it would have been a constructive dismissal when it happened, right? When they made right. the change. By now, we know we're about a year later you're considered to have accepted this change. So you're no longer able to pursue it as a constructive dismissal. You would have had a window, you know, a few weeks, maybe a month or so to, to pursue that as a constructive dismissal. So the best thing that you can do right now is I would send an email just cause, so it's in writing saying that, you know, you have concerns about those changes that they've made, uh, but you want to be clear that you're not agreeing to any future changes, at least put that on record. If okay. uh, if they do other things to you, so right now we can't deal with the changes that they've made, but if they make future changes, depending on what they are, we may be able to say constructive dismissal at that point, but only if you send that email essentially saying that by me being the good soldier so far, just so you know, I'm not accepting future changes. It's that you shouldn't consider that as me accepting future changes. So send that email, and if there are other changes, reductions in pay, other things, 
call me right away. Don't sit on that Absolutely. because you, you may be considered to have accepted it again. So timing is very important. Mike, appreciate the call, my brother, and to uh, to reach out afterwards once you've done the uh, due diligence, one 855 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll squeeze one in here before we uh, we take a break. That would be you, Jerry. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, very well, sir. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Uh, quick question. Uh, so, a uh, high-powered company, not in the healthcare industry, uh, I guess they have some high-powered lawyers, so they know how to ask questions properly. Um, as a friend of mine, the other day, they, they announced at the job there was somebody that tested positive for COVID, and then they said sneakily, if there's anybody that has not been double vaccinated, please come to the manager's office. So the friend of mine called me, oh, what should I do? What should I do? Um I'm like, I don't know, just play dumb and don't go to the office because that's a that's a sneaky way of asking without asking. Um, so they're kind of afraid they're going to lose their job and lose benefits because if you're not vaccinated, you cannot get unemployment. So that's I think that's wrong also because, you know, you're forcing somebody to get something they don't agree with by using a ploy tactic. Um, what? What does the law offer for this situation? So first of all, uh, don't assume at all that just because he loses his job, he's not going to be entitled to EI or, or benefits. We can get him EI. He can also get severance. Uh, so so yeah, I know that the government is saying certain things. It's not actually that. He can still get EI uh, and, and severance. What I actually don't want him to do is to somehow mislead them that he is vaccinated because if, if and when they find out that that's not the case, they may have a, an argument that he misled them, so maybe that's cause. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. I would rather him be honest with them. Uh, if they, the result is that he loses his job, then he's in a better position than if he loses his job if they find out later that he wasn't being honest. So I would rather him be honest, and if he loses his job, have him call me. I'll help him get severance. I'll help him get EI as well. Oh, okay, can I just a follow-up question to this? So, you know, the, the government and everybody keeps moving the goalposts. This vaccine was supposed to prevent the spread of COVID. Now, we clearly know it doesn't prevent the spread of COVID. So what is the problem? Why, if you're vaccinated or not at a job, what, what do you need to be vaccinated for if it doesn't prevent the spread? It, it, it's it's all a lie. So why why do so, they but care again, you know, not? we're not going to get into the medicine of it. But keep in mind no, what I, I just know. said. I said that if he loses his job or anyone loses their job if they're not vaccinated, if there's no government mandate that applies to them, they're owed compensation. So that's really the only thing that the law can do for someone is to ensure that you get compensated if you lose your job. So that's so, how the law works here. Uh, yeah, government mandate meaning. Okay, so the job is a private company. They're not a government company. It's a private company. They don't do health care. Are they, ma are they no, mandated? No, there's no government mandate. No, there's no government mandate that applies. Now, I mean, that could always change, but as we speak right now, no, there's no government mandate. So if he loses his job, yeah, he's owed severance. Jerry, appreciate the call. John, we see you there. Just hang on. We'll take a short break and get right back into it. For you as well, 416-870-6400. Lots more. Employment Law Show Wednesday night edition is on the way. Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Yeah, reach out to Lior and his team, co-founding partners Sam Firu to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. Reach out, get the compensation you deserve. This is not a lottery ticket. It is owed to you. Do not shortchange yourself. At least the due diligence is necessary, right? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do a little reading, do a little uh, calculating on the severance pay calculator. Find out what you're really owed and then follow up. With that phone call, if you are in that situation, but here and now, 416-870-6400. John, thank you for being so patient on a Wednesday. How are you? Hello, uh, hello, Mr. Leo, Leo Sanfior. Um, hello. Are you there? Can you hear me loud and clear? Oh, yeah, yeah. you're good. Okay. So I understanding that there's such a, there's a legal defense, uh, either it's a religious defense or a medical defense. And um, I have um, a friend who uh, has been trying to get into you, and I assisted my friend with regards to getting into you today. She has a someone in, someone that works, uh, here's the situation, someone works for Bell Canada, and it's my understanding that they're being threatened with being fired because uh, they want them to be uh, vaccinated. However, um, they have a religious defense and they wish to exercise their, their, their rights. Yes, Mr. Leo, he is uh, Bell Canada unionized, unionized employee. But my understanding, based upon your knowledge over the past couple of months, is even if you're unionized, they have to accommodate you under the law and be reasonable under the law. Therefore, uh, if he can work from home, as he has been doing for many months, he can continue to do so, or they can find another way to accommodate him. Let me just see if my friend is here. Hello, Natalie, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, she can explain to you that she just obtained uh, some sort of oath. I think you can accommodate so, her. So let, 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 me, let, me, let me stop you there just for a second because it's not really an issue of what the legal obligations are. It's an issue of what happens if they don't meet their legal obligation. And if they don't meet the legal obligation, the only one that's allowed to help Natalie is the union. So, yes, they may well have that obligation, but if the union won't support Natalie, she doesn't have many options because a unionized employee is limited to what the union does. They can't pursue it on their own. They can't hire a lawyer. They can't do anything outside of the union. So that's why the issue has to be brought up to the union to see what the union says. And if the union feels that there's something they can do, they should be helping her. There's nothing else that anyone can do for her. So, you know, everything you hear me talk about on the show really applies to non-union employees for the reasons that I've said that, you know, it's nice to say I have these rights, but you can't enforce those rights. It has to be the union. So, John, Natalie, you got to go talk to the union. So how, how would you, Mr. Lior, advise Natalie to proceed with her religious offense that she just obtained today? You can speak to her right now. Here she is. Go ahead, Natalie. Tell her how <laughs> well, no, you got it. I, I, all I can tell you, Natalie, is you have to go talk to your union. There's nothing else that, that I can ever advise you other than if you have a, a letter from a religious leader in your community, a, a rabbi, a priest, a minister, whoever that, that religious leader is, Take that to the union. Ask them, how do I deal with that? Get your guidance from them because the only one allowed to help you, able to help you, uh, is your union.
And there we go. Thank you so much for the phone call. If I ever need a vacation, we've got a fill-in host right there for sure. I can bring a phone call on for uh, for sure. That's uh, <laughs> first that's time ever, by the way. Nine we've years, never been three-way yeah. in ten years. We've never been three-way called no, on the show. Never, it's amazing. never. Twenty twenty-two, yeah. starting strong. Yes, for, <laughs> for sure. sure. With a bang. Yeah. You got four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number to do that, and uh, preferably be by yourself. Call in and ask your <laughs> questions. We'd love to have you in here. But uh, twenty twenty-two. Yep. What should you know about your workplace rights? Number one, we, we talked about this off the off the top of temporary layoffs and reduction in hours or pay are still illegal right now, right? Yeah, and, and you know, the fact that uh, we're into a new year and, and a new wave of the pandemic and this Omicron variant and new closures does not change what the law is as relates to temporary layoffs. Now, if you're working for a business that's still open and able to operate and you've been laid off temporarily, you have the right, if you want, to treat that as a termination and get severance. So that is very, very important to, uh, to remember. You don't, uh, you don't get to be put off on the leave indefinitely. And the other thing I want to remind people going into 2022 is, I know there's a lot of people, I spoke with someone earlier today, that actually have been on the layoff since the beginning of the pandemic. Crazy. Yeah. Going back now to March of 2020, that seems like a lifetime ago. Well, maybe now, I've been saying this for two years, but maybe now it's time to say enough is enough. Maybe now it's time to say I'm going to treat this as a termination. And the reason you want to consider doing that is you only have two years from when that layoff started. So if that layoff started in March 2020, you're running up against that limitation period in March of this year. So you have that right. You have the ability not to accept that, to say, I've been waiting, I've been hoping, it hasn't happened. It's time for me to get my compensation. It would be yeah. as much as two years' pay and to move on to a different uh, different job. You should be aware as well that if you lose your job or suspended because your vaccine status, you may be owed compensation. Again, a phone call you get numerous times every day still, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I don't know that uh, I've ever been... Uh, uh, inundated with as many calls, emails, questions about this issue as I had for the last six months. And that is important to remember now going into the new year. You know, I, I was hopeful, I'm sure we all were, that in 2022, we're not going to have to talk about these things. I remember Doug Ford uh, over the fall saying, yeah, we expect to ease things in January and February. So get rid of uh, all kinds of requirements. And instead, we're, we're back into lockdowns, etc." But when it comes to vaccines, it's still the case that unless there's a government mandate that applies to you, uh, and right now in Ontario, we, we only have a, a mandate that applies in long-term care homes. Unless there's a mandate that applies to you, if you ultimately don't are not vaccinated and you are let go or you are put on an indefinite uh, a layoff or indefinite leave, you can treat that as a termination. You can require the company to pay you severance. Now, in many of those cases, your employer is going to say, we're letting you go for cause. We're, you're not owed severance. You're not owed any compensation. Well, I'm telling you that's not the case. They do owe you compensation and severance. You are owed EI as well. Now, you may not be able to get it right away because your employer may put in something inappropriate on your record of employment, but we can deal with that as well. So a reminder now going into 2022, if you lose your job, because of your vaccine status, if there's no government mandate that applies to you, yes, you are owed compensation. Again, 416-870-6400 to call in here now. You want to reach out afterwards, you can go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. 
If uh, you just go to the website, shorten that down to employmentlawyer.ca. Again, links to our long-running TV show in the media tab as well, employmentlawyer.ca. And we always refer to it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, tons of employment law. The Severance Bay Calculator is there, of course, free and anonymous. But, uh, yeah, our topic is what you need to know, man, for 2022, moving into this next uh, work year. Your employer must follow all health and safety rules and mandates that the government puts in place. How about that? Yeah, so that is another important thing to remember in 2022. Uh, your employer has to take this seriously. So, you know, on the one hand, we know of employers that are, are obviously taking it seriously. In fact, they're mandating vaccines when they may not actually be legally allowed. But on the other end of the spectrum, I know of employers that are not taking this seriously at all. Ah, don't worry about masking. Yes, you have some symptoms. It doesn't matter. You got to come into work. Right. No, no, no. That is a big uh, illegal act. Your employer has to take this seriously and has to take all measures that the government has implemented to ensure safety. That means ensuring masking, distancing, ensuring contact tracing where that's required, to, to ensure that people that, are, uh, that have symptoms are not working, that they're allowed and not punished if they're off work, uh, to advise people if there's an outbreak in the workplace. All those things your employer has to do. And if they don't, that could be considered a constructive dismissal. You also have the right to refuse unsafe work. So if you're working in a workplace that's unsafe because your employer is not doing what it's supposed to, you can refuse work and you can't be punished for that. And that may require your employer to call in a, an inspector from the Ministry of Labor to investigate and determine if the workplace is safe. So safety is important. Safety, in fact, is you know number one. And if your employer doesn't take it seriously, you have rights. You may want to call me uh, if that happens. You know, we've done several shows over over many years, as a matter of fact, and things to look out for on employment contracts, so on and so forth, things that are more severe than others. And we always talked about, you know, the non-competition agreement and how it was like, ah, you know, it's it's not good just to ignore it, but by the same token, you might not get penalized for it and you'll win if there ever comes down to a battle. But that is changing. In fact, uh, you know, your employer, uh, these, these non-competition agreements at the end of last year you signed may not be worth the paper they're written on. What's that all about? Exactly. So uh, going into 2022, we have to remind everyone of some changes in the law that happened uh, very recently, right before the holidays. And that is the government of Ontario has implemented some changes to the Employment Standards Act, saying Mm -hmm. essentially that a non-competition contract, a non-competition obligation, a non-competition term is not enforceable. Your employer can't enforce it against you. Meaning, even if you sign something that says, if you leave us, you can't work for a competitor for a year, as you've said, that's not going to be worth the paper it's written on. You can take that, throw it in the garbage, and completely disregard it. Now, there's a, there's an exemption, and that applies in situations where you're a, an executive. So if your job title starts with the word chief, you know, chief executive officer, chief operations officer, etc., then your employer is able to have you sign a non-compete, and that is arguably enforceable. But for most other people, all other people, in fact, it's not. So something to keep in mind. Now, your employer can still have a non-solicitation obligation, essentially saying, if you leave us, you can't go after our customers or our clients. They can obviously have confidentiality obligations. If you leave us, you can't disclose anything that we do. You can't uh, disclose anything that's not in the public sphere. So that is absolutely fine. But going forward, now in 2022 and beyond, those non-competition agreements are not going to be enforceable. You know, it's interesting, too, something else that came up is this whole thing with, uh, you know, I guess it, it arose over the last year, year and a half of people working from home and, 
you know, logging in hours that they may not normally do, but you know, you do have the right to disconnect or do you, how does that work in this, uh, in this year now? So at the same time, when the government of Ontario introduced legislation about non-competition, they also introduced legislation that essentially requires an employer to have a policy in place uh, requiring or allowing employees to disconnect from work off hours. So, but that is a policy that on its face, I think, is a good idea, and I think it's a, it's a needed thing, but I don't think this has you know, a lot of teeth. It doesn't have real effect, and I'm, I'm going right. to explain. So the only thing an employer has to do is have a policy in place. What the policy says, the government says, yeah, that's up to the employer. So right there, that's a problem. An employer can have a pretty kind of crappy policy that doesn't do much. But there's a different issue here, and that is this. Yes, you may now have the right to disconnect, but you're going you're gonna to think, well, is it going to be held against me? Uh, if I'm not going to answer my emails, is my employer going to be upset with me? Are they going to not consider me for a raise? Are they not going to consider me for, for a promotion? And what if my colleague down the hall, he's answering his emails and I'm not? Mm. How am I going to look in comparison to him? So I don't think, even though it's well-intentioned, this right to disconnect, and yes, you will have that right, I don't know that a lot of employees are really going to take advantage of it. I've been advocating instead of that, just provide employees for, uh, with more vacation time. So you know, instead of a minimum of two weeks, make it a minimum of three or four. That is a time where you can disconnect. But yes, you may now have a right to disconnect, and employers have up to six months to come up with this policy, so up to the summer. But I just don't see that as being that meaningful for employees, unfortunately. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Love love talking to you. Diane, thank you for uh, for taking the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. What's on your mind? Um, I'm an employer. Fortunately, all of my staff are fully vaccinated by their own choice. But I've been meaning to call in for a while and actually ask the question, if I were, say, to hire, want to hire somebody who opted out of being vaccinated or in a company where somebody is unvaccinated, at what point does my responsibility to the health and safety of the rest of my staff override an individual's rights, or does it ever? Well, no, it, it does override, but the question is who decides what health and safety is required? And, and the answer is the government decides that. The government implements rules in terms of health and safety. And right now, whether we agree with it or not, government has said that your workplace can be safe even if people are not vaccinated. That's why they haven't mandated it except for long-term care homes. So in long-term care homes, the government has said, no, no, this workplace is not going to be safe if people are not fully vaccinated, so you can't work here otherwise. They've made a point not to do that, for example, for hospitals. They've consulted, they've, they've went through a whole process and decided no, and the same with other workplaces. So I think that it's a problem if an employer says, well, I know better, I've decided on my own that I need this for health and safety. Because you understand that could be a slippery slope. An employer can always say that. Well, I've decided now that unless my office workers uh, you know, wear helmets, uh, then it's not safe. You know, you can always do something in the name of health and safety. But it, the, right. it's a question is, are you meeting the government requirements when it comes to health and safety? If you're, if you're not meeting them, you have to meet them. Bottom line is the government mandate then. Exactly. That's why it's important. If the government mandates a vaccine, you have to follow suit as an employer. You have no choice. If they don't, and you still implement uh, that, that type of a policy, if an employee loses their job, you may be on the hook for compensation. I see. 
Okay, because it's, it's interesting how I can choose the vaccine requirement for customers, but I can't choose it necessarily for employees. Right. I mean, you you, yeah. you know, you can always decide who you're going to let into your, your business, you know, kind of like yeah. no shirt, no shoes, no vaccine, no service. Yeah. Uh, you, you can do that. Sure. Uh, I mean, that also comes with potential liability. There could be some human rights issues if someone can't get vaccinated because of a, a human right uh, issue. But you could do that. But with respect well, to employees. Accept, we accept medical exemptions. We also have alternate options for them mm-hmm. to access our service without being. But, but, but so, remember, Diane. I'm not saying that you can't let someone go if they're not vaccinated. You can, but you would owe them severance. So I'm not saying that, no, no, you have to keep them employed, but you have to understand that that does come with financial obligations if you let them go. Oh, of course, of course. I just wasn't sure with the, you know, playing the rights of the one against the safety of the others, you know. Um, and in our circumstances, I, as I said, all of our employees by their own choice are fully vaccinated. So, right. no, you know, it has that's good. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank good. you for the clarity. Thanks, Diane. Thank you for uh, your time, Diane. Appreciate that. 416-870-6400. Natalie, hi there. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Yes. Okay. So um, this is the situation. I'm with a company and I have to, they, they, they have a vaccine mandate by January 31st. I'm going to be put on administrative uh, leave without pay. Um, I still have 10 years with the company before I retire, um, what would happen if I, um, if um, after January 31st, I'm put on an administrative leave without pay, how would that affect my, um, my early retirement? Could it affect my early reti- my retirement? So they, uh, Natalie, are you a part of a union? Yes. So you, you would have to ask the union how that will affect it because the answer would depend on what's in the collective agreement. So the only one that can really advise you knowing what the terms of employment are for you specifically and what, what your rights are for early retirement, when you can do it, how, how you can do it, is the union. So that's why the only one that can tell you uh, what that means for you, uh, Natalie, is the union. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you, Natalie. Appreciate that. And for everybody else who's called so far, you want to uh, have another question comes to mind, you want to talk to Lior, a member of his team, it's easy, 1-855-821-5900. Going to wrap up one more point as we move into uh, 2022. Another work year for everybody. And uh, everyone's thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, you guys have taught for many years about how crappy severance offers can be, <laughs> hence the severance pay calculator, hence pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to educate people. But uh, chances are they're going to get worse. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that it's fair assumption that now going into 2022, certainly for the first half of the year, yeah. those severance offers are going to be you know worse than ever. They're going to be lower than ever. Let's be very clear, and you've just said this, that regardless of this, forever and ever, severance offers have not been good. Most of the time, over 90% of the time, when I look at the severance offer, what the person has been offered is a lot less, and I do mean a lot less, uh, than what they're actually owed. But I, I'm already seeing that gap, that delta, becoming greater. Mm-hmm. And I think so there's a lot of reasons for that, including the fact that maybe companies are struggling financially. Uh, maybe the fact that companies think that with COVID, the law may have changed and they get a bit of a break on severance. That's not the case. Whether it should be the case or not, that's a different issue. But it's not the case. So I think you have to assume even more than ever. If you've been let go, if you're staring at that severance letter right now, Chances are 
not only that it's it's not good, chances are that it's worse than ever. Chances are that you're owed a significant amount. And I've already, in the first couple of days uh, of the year, I've spoken with people that were owed more than 10 times what they've been offered. Jeez. So keep that in mind. You mentioned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have our severance calculator tool there. Still works just as fine as always. You can calculate your severance in seconds uh, anonymously for free. So definitely, definitely check that out. Well, it's funny, and this is something you mentioned at the end of last year with COVID. I mean, there's companies, you know, large, medium, and small who may be thinking about letting go a couple people or an entire wing. And you said, you know, you're doing this because of financial hardship, but they really should put the brakes on because when they see what it's going to cost to let go 10 people, you know, with one swath, I mean, that could be even worse than than the hardship they're already facing that gave them the idea in the first place. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, if you let go a few people and, you know, you owe this person 10 months, the other one 18 months, this person you owe six, that can head up pretty quickly. And I'm always concerned that employers don't appreciate what they actually have to pay employees. And that could be the thing that puts them out of business. And that's not good for anyone. So that's why I think employers, for sure, if you are going to let go employees, let's understand or understand what you owe them first so that you can plan. And maybe there's other alternatives other than to let them go. There's a number of government programs you may be able to participate in. But if you let someone go, the law is going to say you have to you have to pay them what you owe them, and that could be as much as two years' pay. Let's get to uh, one email here before we get down to our last couple of minutes. Boris writes in and says, hey, Leora, I asked for a pay raise because I had not received one in years. When my boss said no, well, I resigned and left. After an hour later, I called my boss and told him, yeah, I, I don't want to resign and I want to come back to work. He said, yeah, well, the company has accepted, accepted your resignation. Uh, bye-bye. Can I do anything? Well, that actually, John, is an issue that comes up a lot more often than you may think, where kind of that, that heat of the moment resignation, you know, yeah. I'm fed up, I can't take this anymore, that's it, I'm, I'm gone, I'm out of here. You get home and you realize, wait a second, what, what did I do? I don't want to leave my job, I don't want to be looking for work, and you want to go back to work. Here's the thing, if it is a heat of the moment resignation, if you take it back quickly, and I'm going to say, you know, within 24 hours or so, then you can, and if your employer won't let you back, now it becomes a termination, meaning they have to pay you severance. So Boris, an hour later, yes, if they won't let you back, that's a termination. I can't get you your job back, Boris, but I can get you severance. So that's what you can do here. Get to Martin as we uh, wrap it up here. Martin says, hey, guys, I'm an employer. I have an employee that is consistently late. I warned him many times about this. I decided to let him go for cause, but before I was able to do that, he went on to disability leave. What can I do? Well, I don't know that you want to terminate him now while he's on disability leave. That's going to look bad. So what you're going to do instead is when he comes back to work, I want you to start papering it. Give him a letter saying you've been late. Your your attendance has been bad. We need you to improve. And if it still continues, at that point, you may be able to consider terminating for cause. But you have to paper it properly and don't let him go while he's off on a disability leave. Another great night. Appreciate all the phone calls and correspondence through emails as well. You want to continue doing that. Now that we're off air, that's uh, that's simple. It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website. And the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. We'll do it all again on the weekend. But stick around, though, on point. Alex Pearson, our pal, is coming right back on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.